goes with goes with the territory of having cats, right? Pets in general. They're um, not I have kids, which are kind of like cats. No, they're way they're way worse. Um, <laughs> Brian, I got a very important piece of mail today at, at BAM headquarters. Oh, yeah? Very important piece of mail. It was your DNA test. And it turns out you're 100% that B. Bryant Caves, how are you doing tonight? Um, I've, I've been better. Um, but overall, you know, hey, hanging in there. Yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to that depressing part of the show. It's becoming its own segment in and of itself on, on Bryant and me. Um, just why you're so upset. And it's usually the same reason. So yeah. if you haven't listened to the past episodes, you might want to listen or just um, pay attention for the next few minutes because we're going to get into that. We've got a lot to go uh, go through today. I feel like I say that every episode, but we, we're determined this time around. Every episode, we've added time to it. We've, we've gotten longer and longer episodes. This is not designed to be an hour and a half episode. This is not designed to be um, Homer's Odyssey. We're trying mm-hmm. to get you something... Um, not compact either. It's not going to be like a short burst. We want to go like a good 60 minute podcast. That's like the top. That's the, that's the exit point, you know, um, of a, sure. of a podcast. Cause after that you're getting a little, you're getting a little bored. So every week we've added more time. Last week we tried to cut 20 minutes off and then we went 10 minutes more than we wanted to. So that's 30 minutes. <laughs> Actually, we went 30 minutes over our time. So this week, um, we're going to cut into it. And you know what? Another um, thing that we don't talk about a lot on here, we are a soccer first podcast. All we ever talk about is soccer. Is that right? Um, yeah. Oh, only soccer. Soccer and nothing else. Yeah. It's pretty much, um, it's a boring soccer pod, uh, boring soccer podcast. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about baseball, namely that it's it's over. There are no more games. The season's the season's completely done. How are you feeling about it? Um, yeah, not great. That probably adds to some of the depression as well. Um, didn't end how I would have liked, but you know, overall, it, it's been an interesting season. It's been a fun ride. Um, I'm watching a non-existent game right now between the uh, Brewers and the Nationals um, in a game that's that has not to actually... be an ex. That has to be an exhibition. Yeah, no, totally. Um, they're done, so I don't know what it is, but you know, it might be be a replay of an earlier game in the season. I'm not sure, but it's an interesting game. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no more baseball left this season. The baseball's all over. It's all done. We ended it. Um, I'm, I'm just being a little salty. Uh, I'm a Cleveland, I'm a Cleveland fan by by birth, by birthright. It's in my genes, and it just wasn't the greatest end to the season. You're a Chicago Cubs fan, which I tell me why you're feeling the way you're feeling. I'm not going to say anything else because I'll go down a I'll go down a rabbit hole. That's a whole other topic we need to uh, unpack one day. Is some of our sports philosophies because we we differ in a lot of things. Um, you know, I think just the season overall, I think has been a little disappointing. Um, a lot of injuries, a lot of you know, a few guys underperformed. Um, and then obviously the season ended on a pretty sad note. We, uh, management decided to part ways with Joe Madden. Um, you know, I don't know that it was a, a move that I necessarily agreed with. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of the, the failures lately of the last couple seasons haven't been his fault. I think it's been more partly on the front office, partly, you know, bad luck. We used up all of our good luck on, you know, the, uh, season before. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I, I guess that's kind of was their, their plan move forward. We'll see what they decide to do, but, you know, Joe Madden, he brought a title to Chicago. Like not many people can say that. I'll be, I'll be forever grateful for what he's done. Sad to see him go. But, you know, see where it goes from here. I'm sure the, the leading candidate is David Ross, another hero from that World Series. So, you know, we'll see what happens. David Ross couldn't even bother to come to the the ring ceremony at the Cubs game. He couldn't even be bothered because he was on Dancing with the Stars. 
Don't get me started, Dave Ross. And some would say, Brian, and I think we've had this discussion before off pod because we talk offside, off the pod, uh, is you probably won that World Series in spite of Joel Madden. Oh, completely, 100% agree. In baseball, it's not... He, he com- you see in soccer, the, the managers have their own systems, and the systems are evident. It's a team game. You have to move fluidly. You have a system in place. Like You, you can tell a difference between when Brendan Rodgers managed Liverpool to when Jurgen Klopp managed Liverpool. All across the, the world of soccer, you see coaches come in and then systems change. In baseball, it's such an individual sport that, yeah, coaches pick who play. Um, they pick you know, who the rotations are and all that. But really, when the game starts, it's an individual game. The manager doesn't have that big of an impact. But I digress. We could talk about baseball. That's a whole nother podcast. It's also got, in terms of other sports, we've got hockey coming up. Starting tomorrow, we have professional men's hockey starting up this weekend. Professional women's hockey starting up. Last weekend, collegiate hockey is starting up. They're so... There's so much going on to distract me from the fact that they ended the season early and chose to forego the MLB playoffs. But we are not going to skip on our responsibilities tonight, Brian. We have a show to do, and gosh yes, darn it, we're going to do it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So let's go ahead and get it started. Welcome, everybody, to Brian and Me. My name is Thomas Costello, and with me, as always, is the namesake of the show, Brian Caves. How are you doing? Hey, doing pretty good, Thomas. Uh, all things considered, how are you? All things considered, especially since I asked you how you were doing like five minutes ago, and you weren't doing great. We're going to get to that. I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. It's it's the first day of October. Fall is in the air. You can feel the crispness of the 94-degree day outside that we had today. It's just, um, it feels great. It feels completely natural. And it feels like this is what weather should be doing in October. Reminds me of, it reminds me of home back in Florida, so. Yeah, which um, does not remind me of my childhood growing up in, in Ohio. But enough about the weather. We're not here to talk about the weather. We're not here for small talk. We're not here for chit-chat. We have to break down the most important topics of our day. Those topics yeah. in which we will cover today. We're going to go through a little uh, a little game later on, a lightning round, where we're going to talk through some, uh, some, some getting-to-know-you questions. We realize this is pretty early on in the podcast. You might know us from the internet. You might know us from going to crew matches. You might even work with us. God bless you. But tonight, we want to let you get to know us a little bit. We have a little segment. We're going to do a lightning round questions, just 60-second questions. Not each question is 60 seconds because we know how long that could take. We're going to go through just a list of questions. We have 60 seconds to get through as many as we can. Each of us don't know which questions we're going to ask the other. So it's going to be fun. Quick, rapid-fire type answers. So we're going to do that a little bit later. We're going to talk about uh, the the start of the uh, Second Civil War here in the United States. Get into a little more updates on the impeachment. Talk about some some fun tweets that we've seen. Over the past couple of days, we're going to break down the Democratic 2020 uh, best 11, what positions they should be playing on a football team or a soccer team for our American contingency. But first, we need to talk about our beloved, our beloved soccer teams. We need to talk about a little bit of crew updates, a little bit of Liverpool updates. But first, Brian, um, do you want to do the good news or the bad news first? Um, yeah, let's start. Uh, let's start with the good news. Okay, go ahead. Talk to us about your um, uh, Premier League weekend. You know, we had a a fantastic result. We we beat uh, we beat Southampton. You know, not a great team, not even what you would consider a good team, but a team. Three points or three points in the Premier League. They play League. soccer. Yes, it is. A, they, they are a team. Yeah, they're, they're professionals. Hey, those guys get paid too. Um, you know, we managed to go down to uh, ten men because Serge Aurier is gonna Serge Aurier. Um, two yellow cards within the first twenty-five minutes of the game, not <laughs> not great. Um, 
Hugo Lloris made one of the uh, worst moves by a keeper I've ever seen in my short time as a soccer fan. I'm sure there's worse out there. Yes. Well, he's made some pretty bad ones off the field, too. Uh, You know, man likes his drink driving. Um, So, yeah, the weekend, you know, but we got ultimately all those things happened, but we got the result. On to the bad news today. On the other hand, we had a match against a team from Germany. You may have heard of Bayern Munich. Um, We had them at home in our, our new stadium. And uh, proceeded to have, you know, a good first half. We were competitive. We had some opportunities. We didn't capitalize on those, of course. Um, but we went to halftime down uh, 2-1. You know, you're down 2-1. You're like, okay, we're cool. We got, you know, we're we're competitive. I don't think we got dominated by any means in the first half. Um, in typical Spurs fashion, the second half was just a complete train wreck. Um, we conceded five goals in the second half. Mm-hmm. Goals uh, six and seven, it really just looked like the team had quit at that point, um, which is never a great sign. Um, Serge Gnabry. Hopefully for them. Hopefully for them, they quit earlier. If you give up then on six and seven, that means that they were trying and gave up five goals. Some of those goals, though, I will say were like high, are going to go on guys highlight, you know, guys highlight reels for the rest of their careers like a few of those were insane um but you gave up four goals to serge gnabry who exactly um (laughs) serge gnabry has as many goals in our new stadium as harry kane does currently Ooh, you know so there's a there's a fun stat for you but uh serge gnabry did that in one game um yeah not a can i can I drop in a, a, a another stat for this one? Sure. I was at the gym tonight. I'm not trying to say I'm a gym rat. It's just my life. It's anyway. I was at the gym. I was watching the ESPNs, and they had the little scrolling bar at the bottom. And they showed the score, and you had been texting me, so I knew. And by the way, I think you broke in the text because I'm just going to read part of the text conversation that we had a little bit earlier. I was asking you about the match, and you said, uh, well, at least I'm not at work. Har, har, har. I said, that bad, huh? And you said, four to two, Bayern. I'm going to skip ahead. And then you text me about, what, 10 minutes later. This is, yeah, 10 minutes, oh, sorry, 30 minutes later. Math is hard. 30 minutes later, you just sent me a text that said seven to two. And then your next text, seconds later, was, I thought at that moment, he's a broken man. This is a broken, broken man. So I saw that scoreline. I already knew the scoreline, but then another thing came up. This is the worst loss an English team has ever suffered at home in European competition history. Boom. No English team has lost this horribly at home. We may, we're making history, Thomas. We're setting records. That's what we do at Spurs. You know what? Boom. Another one for the trophy case. Look <laughs> at us. Boom. We're getting that on a trophy. Put it right next to the Audi Cup. It's coming home. It's coming home. So realistically, what do you think is going to happen in the next six months or so? You're you're in, in terms of the table. You're what seventh place right now, seventh or eighth. It's yeah. early, so I mean, you're really a couple points away from jumping into the fourth spot. Sure, things are kind of fluid. Unless you're Man City or Liverpool, things are kind of fluid right now. You can move sure. up and down. A good result will hop you right back up. Sure. What are your realistic thoughts about what's going to happen to Tottenham in the next few months? I think I think some, I think a lot of changes are needed. I think. They need to get rid of some dead weight. And I I think they've got a lot of guys who have been playing together for way too long who are, you know, we need new blood. We need new people in. Um, I I just don't see the hunger and the effort from these guys. I think some of them are um, disappointed. it, It seems like to have made it as far as they did last year and to basically lay that goose egg in the final. Um, 
And then I think a lot of guys won out that didn't get out, and it's a pretty bad combination. I think I don't know that Pochettino is the problem, but I don't think he's helping matters. I just don't think he's putting guys right now in a position to succeed. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, too, in terms of Pochettino. I'm, I'm happy you bring him up. Do you think that he realistically stays with the club through the end of the through the end of the campaign? I think through the end of the campaign, yes. Um, through the end, will he be the manager day one next season? As looking at it right now, it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Um, because I think somebody else is going to snatch him up. I think he's going to, uh, you know, Man United is going to fire Ole. He Ole's not going to make the. Ole's not going to make the end of the season, most likely. Yeah, they so showed that Ole's last, I think, last 20 matches, or last seven, or excuse me, his first 17 matches, he has the same record as Mourinho's last 17 matches. And he, just so you know, Ole came into the team with a winning record. Like, he was winning match after match. So things have changed a lot. They're in worse shape than we are, possibly right now. Um, so... You know, I could see him going there. You know, we'll we'll see what happens in Spain. Barcelona is off to their worst start in their club's history. Real Madrid drew with Club Bruges today. To be fair, they do have Simone Mignolet as their goalkeeper. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he is a Liverpool star. You mean Simon Mignolet? I believe was how the uh, <laughs> Notre how the Notre Dame PA announcer announced it, along with At Diane goalkeeper Simon Mignolet, <laughs> along with Diane Lovren. <laughs> oh, yes, um, uh, Simon Mignolet. He's <laughs> leading leading them to results. I, I saw a photo montage from the match today, and one of the goal scorers for Club Bruges, he did the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration in. <laughs> In the Real Madrid stadium, although, you know, Cristiano's not with the team anymore. He's persona non grata, I think, in uh, in Real right now. Yeah, um, those are all words that mean something. I think that, I don't think that Tottenham fire him. No, no, they won't fire him. I I think if he's not there, he leaves on his own accord. No, we, he's, he's the best manager we've had in a long time. He's not, we're not going to fire him. Um, no, I wouldn't be shocked, though, if he... Um, if there is an offer that comes open, if Barcelona knocks on the door and they say, you know what, we want to hire you or Real Madrid, I don't think they're going to fire Zidane. I think if Barcelona or somebody fires their manager and they want him right now, I think he would resign for an out-of-league team. I don't think he'd do that for Man United. I think an in-league team would be too much attention brought to him, who's not a yeah. guy who, he doesn't bring attention to himself. No, he's, he's a low-key guy. He's not a guy who's... Uh, you know, out there talking, he's he's not a Mourinho. He's not even a, a Jurgen Klopp in the ex- and to the extent that he's not a uh, he's not just going to talk. Amazing human being. Well, there's that. Uh, he's also not a cup winning manager, but he's not going to be out there giving a lot of interviews, talking about his personal life. He he keeps a little more private. He tends to talk about football and only football. Um, he says what he needs to say and kind of gets done with it for the most part. Uh, so yeah, I don't think he wants that kind of attention leaving for a, a club within the, uh, with, within the same league. I also think he has too much respect for the, for the office and for the fan base to, to do something like, at least I, I like to think he does regardless of who does, but I like to think he has a little more respect for us than that. Yeah, and I think he's a well-respected manager, even as a Liverpool supporter. I, I respect the guy a ton. Yeah, I, I mean, think he's... he 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 carries himself so well. I think he's, I think he does more for Tottenham than he does hurt Tottenham. I don't think he hurts him at all. I think right now he's, he's been kind of. You said they've been together for a while, and I mean that's part of it. But I think that he's been dealt a pretty bad hand we talked sure. a little bit earlier today about their transfer market history and sure they've signed some guys this year two of the three are injured and then right. the third guy was loaned right back out yes so tottenham hasn't 
gotten the support that he needs. And he's come out and said in his many words, hey, you need to spend more money. Yes, absolutely. And they don't listen to him. You thought that, oh, they have this nice new stadium. Um, they finally got that built. Now we can start bringing in some people, bring in some players that pushes this team over the top. The way we're looking at this league right now, I was emailing with a friend and we we talk about the Premier League pretty much only. It's the only time we talk is usually on the Tuesday after the Premier League weekend is over. And I asked him, is the top six, that's a myth now. Like the top six doesn't exist anymore. The top six of those six teams, only three of them are in the top four. And Arsenal's only in there because there's this big cluster of teams from really four down to what the lower teens in the rankings yeah. right now, in the table right now. Man United, Man United Arsenal, I didn't watch the match because I was working. But just from hearing the response online, it was the most boring match <laughs> that a lot of yeah. people have seen. A one-to-one draw with two teams that are playing in the Europa League. Two teams so, that have really fallen from grace. It's I know you hate to see it. Oh, it breaks breaks my you know you can't hear it, but I'm playing the world's smallest violin for uh, for both of those teams right now. But oh yeah, I I the top six doesn't exist right now. There's it's, there's a there's a top two, and then there's everybody else. Right there's a top two, and then there's a top like uh, you know three through probably nine or 10 are all pretty much the same. And then you've got the really bad, you know, the really bad teams down there at the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. Poor wolves. I think they'll recover, but some of the other, some of the other clubs are, you know, they're, they're probably going to be some of the other clubs really struggling. They'll probably be relegated at some point. It's that's the hell of the Europa league right there. The wool wolves last year were great. Yeah. They exceeded a past their expectations this year they're playing in a European competition. It's no Champions League. It's no Champions League. You're going to, uh, you're going to some pretty rough parts of of Western Russia, and you're going into some parts of these Eastern European countries. And you're like, oh my God, they they play organized sports here. See our first, see our an inaugural podcast where we discussed the uh, Europa League versus uh, Eastern European food dishes. That was a good tease. I think that advertisement is a little off base. That was our second episode. Excuse me. The sec. Go back to the second episode. <laughs> go back. Listen to the. To the go episode. back to the first one too. Okay. Go back to the first one. Listen to that one. Go to the second one. Hear the Europa League versus European food dishes. You know, it, it'll be fun. You'll love it. You'll really get a kick out of it. Talking about Liverpool right now, we're the we're the top of the league. We won seven in a row to start the season off. Kind of a big deal. We've been having a good run. I mean, we won the Champions League a few months ago. Then we won the European Super Cup a few months after that. We have lost our first Champions League uh, game, though, which kind of of upsets me. We talked about it last week, but losing to Napoli, that seems like a a prerequisite to, to winning the Champions League. Even the manager of Napoli made that joke after they beat Liverpool last week. But... I'm not trying to be dramatic. I think we need to win tomorrow. We play Red Red Bull Salzburg, or when they're in the Champions League, FC Salzburg. They don't go by the Red Bulls moniker in the official um, communications from the Champions League. We play them tomorrow at Anfield. It sounds like Allison may be back as goalkeeper. Although, Adrian, God, that guy, he is, I mean, he's, won six and a half out of the seven matches that we've played yeah. no, he's so been, far he's this played season. Super well, which, you know, of course he has. Um, you know. We signed him days before the season started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like three no. or four days before the season started. Are you okay? Is this? Am I allowed to continue with my team? You had your time. You had your couch session, okay? Am I allowed to shout from the rooftops for a little bit? Go ahead. Is that okay with, no, is that okay with you? It's okay. Because you, you seem to be awfully scoffy. You're little, scoffing at a lot that I'm saying right now. I'm a little bitter. <laughs> it's a little bitter. That's that's an understatement. Yeah, Liverpool, they uh, it, it hasn't been all unicorns and rainbows. We played Sheffield United over the weekend, which, 
a team coming up from the championship, you think, okay, easy three points. We're early in the season. These teams haven't started um, haven't started parking the bus yet because they're not fighting for relegation, fighting against relegation, I should say. So we're playing a team early in the season. I thought, oh, this should be a cakewalk. I have a couple of friends. We text about Liverpool back and forth a lot. And, well, you met them. It was Adam and Matt. You met them whenever we were uh, over in South Bend. But we text yeah. about the matches and so on and so forth. Then they've been bringing up Sheffield United. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. They haven't beaten anybody. They beat Everton. They lost to, um, uh, they lost to Leicester City. They beat like Norwich. So they beat some teams, but they hadn't played anybody big yet. And I thought, okay, Liverpool's going to expose them. And we ended up winning one zero, one nil. And the reason that we won is because a a laser shot by Jeannie Wijnaldum. The goalkeeper caught the ball. He caught it. But then, like my daughter's U10 recreational soccer team, the ball <laughs> the, the ball hit his hands and then rolled under his legs and went into the net. Damn. It was a howler if I've ever seen one. And God bless him. The guy had been playing great all match. We won 1-0 to zero based on a small goalkeeping error. Hey, now, those but... I keep hearing, and you've said it, I've heard people say it on the internet, so I've read it because they're not talking into it. I've read people say those are the matches that winning teams have to win. Those are the matches where at the end of the season, you're going to look at the fence. You're going to look at, okay, what points fell on the good side of the fence? What points fell on the bad side of the fence? The teams that win the league are the teams that have a lot of those situations where it all falls on the good side of the fence. I mean, yep. last year, Man City, Vincent Company has a wonder strike. Mm-hmm. Against Tottenham, right? Yes. Yep. Sure did. He has a mm-hmm. wonder strike in the last five minutes or so. Last ten minutes, I can't recall. I was mowing the lawn at the time. I thought, okay, I'm going to ignore the match completely. I'm going to mow the lawn, and then at the end, I'm going to check the score, and everything will be great. Vincent Company has this amazing shot. It's matches like that where you're just you're you're just winning. You're just getting the points. We're only seven matches in. We still have 31 left to go. So I'm definitely not counting my chickens before they hatch. Actually, before the season started, I picked Man City to win it all. And I'm still not at the point where I can confidently say, okay, it's going to be Liverpool. I'll probably be able to confidently say that, what, in the middle of May is probably when I'll feel good. <laughs> when the final, when the, the final whistle on the final game. Yeah, I, I think at that point I'll be like, oh, I think we can win this. Uh, so I'm not... That just goes back to my sports optimism, though, of just always thinking that we have a great chance. Just kidding. I think everything bad is going to happen um, to Liverpool. But so far, no, none of the none of the dominoes hath fallen in a bad way. In a bad way. There's also other good news because we're going to keep the good news train and moving. We're going to keep it yeah. running down the tracks. Throw some more coal, more coal in that fire. Just let Choo, it. Choo. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a spot on. That was a spot on train impersonation. The MLS, after working with some Portland supporters and Seattle supporters, because they're the ones who invented soccer. Oh yeah, they're the only teams that you know have a say in what goes on. The MLS, in their infinite wisdom, has decided to suspend giving any punishment out for using that iron front symbol. Now that was Ooh. from our first episode. We talked about all this stuff with fascism. That's a nice. That's a nice apply. I'll join you. I'll join you. That's, that's well that's done, guys. That's a good thing. So they've decided until the end of the season they will no longer and the playoffs they will no longer punish supporters for having an iron front sign anywhere in the stadium. They said it's currently on hold. And we mentioned this in the podcast too. The only reason they would do something like this is because fans are they're not paying as much. Or they're not buying tickets anymore. Yeah. So there's probably a, a, a fiscal gain here for them because they want people to buy tickets to their matches. I'm like I'm interested to see what happens in the off season, but my annoyance with the league has gone down ever so slightly. Not a ton, but a little bit. That being said, crew are you know of course not going to make the playoffs so kind of like the major league season it's just so funny that 
the MLS has decided to forego the playoffs this year yeah. to, uh, you know, it seems like such a waste of waste of money and a waste of, you know, getting to show the, the Iron Front logo on televisions all over America. But it's a shame. So be it. Uh, Brian, I used to be a big soccer television watcher. I would watch any team, any league in the MLS. I would watch like the Sunday night matchups that they do all their advertisement for. They play on Fox or FS1 or ESPN. They have a Sunday lineup. I used to watch all of those Sunday matches. Anything I could get my my eyes on, I would watch those soccer matches. Something with the MLS, Major League Soccer, and it's not the product on the field. I know that the MLS is not a top league in the world. But just something about the league has uh, has kind of turned me off to it. Over the last few years, unless it's a crew match, I just I just can't watch it. Yeah. I can't watch it. And then something happened with the the US national team, Brian. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about what happened there? Um what did happen with the US national team? Oh, I guess I, I, I gotta put this stuff I, on the outline. After the, I guess I missed this. After the MLS announced that they were no longer going to suspend people or punish people and also retroactively remove punishment for people who had the iron front signs. A former U S national team member who shall remain nameless. Oh, Jeff Cameron. Is... Oh. <laughs> Jeff came out. You know what I'm talking about now? Jeff came out and did say it was not him, but there was an anonymous person who came out and told some reporter that, they want to now start seeing MAGA hats at the games because they've opened up a, what was it, Pandora's Box of Love? Pandora's Box, yeah. Or is that Paul? That was Paul Rodenanker, man. But they did say a Pandora's Box with yeah. allowing political signage in the matches. What What were your initial thoughts when you read that outside of Jeff Cameron? The, you know, those are two completely different things. Um, the... Yeah, the Iron Front logo is an anti-fascist, anti-racism. It's not a political ideology. It's not for a specific candidate. It's not for a specific idea. Not idea, but like political party. It's it's the idea that, hey, you know, don't be a racist, fascist jerk is basically the idea behind the Iron Front logo at this point, right? Like, we're not actually fighting nazis in the street anymore some people are that are using that logo but the vast majority of people that have that logo are not fighting nazis in the street anymore no. the mag the maga logo that maga hat is nothing more than it's the symbol for a racist xenophobic scumbag of a president and spouting an ideology of those same things racism xenophobia uh, misogyny, hatred of women, minorities, you know, LGBT folks. They're two completely different things. One is inclusive. One is specifically exclusive. It's, it's not the same thing. We're comparing apples and beach balls here. That, that's quite a comparison. And I, if you ask me now, after a few days have passed, and it wasn't a big thing, I think it got some... Twitter momentum, which is nothing. It's sure. not real life. It's internet momentum. It got some. It never transcended, or it never transferred from the Twitters to real life. Uh, sure, but except for this podcast. But if you're listening to it virtually, this is not even happening either. This is just two schmucks talking into microphones. The look, thinking about it now, and this was something that hit me the last few days. I'm not shocked. That somebody said no. that. I'm not shocked that somebody from the U.S. national team said that. If you look at U.S. soccer, well, I mean, look at the U.S. women's national team prices for the match in, in Columbus here in a few weeks. They have yeah. platinum packages or diamond packages. I don't know what these packages are. They're charging for almost 200 bucks a ticket to sit in the upper deck. Maybe there are other things. Maybe you can meet a player. Maybe you get a parking pass or something like that. I don't know what it is. But U.S. soccer is about money. You can also yeah. see that in the United States, enrollment in soccer leagues, in youth soccer, is going down because it costs more and more money for kids to play. The best players 
are the kids who have parents who can afford it. Yep. So if you Absolutely. have the best players, most of the best players from the United States, I'm not talking about players that Jurgen Klinsmann said, oh, you you have a parent, you have a grandparent who's from the United States, and you're like 95% German. I will put you on my American team. Most people who were born in the United States, that was a spot on Jurgen Klinsmann. Spot on Jurgen Klinsmann. I was going to say that, that is... I, I, I thought know. I was talking. I thought he had like jumped on the podcast for a minute. I mean, I was like, "Whoa, Jurgen Klinsmann." Well, you do complain about Tottenham enough for him to pop up. He's like Beetlejuice. If you say, "Don't say his name one more time," or else we're really in trouble. We're really in trouble. But you have these kids who, if you're from an affluent family, who can afford to do pay to play, who can yep. afford to be on these really good teams. The best kids go to the best teams that cost the most money. And then these are probably the same kids who are getting who are getting scholarships to play at the best colleges. Yep. And then they become the ones who represent the United States. I mean, it, it doesn't shock me too much um, that that happened. It didn't shock me that that came out. But it is a good new. It is some good news for MLS supporters out there. You can go to matches a little more uh, a little more guilt free. They had a picture from the last crew home match, which was just over the weekend, which they won. Two nil, which is a fun match to watch. I watched it on the old, uh, the old TV, and they had up not just the Iron Front logo, but also uh, Nordeka against racism. Um, not photo uh, sign. They also had a sign up for Nordeka against racism. It was pretty. It was a good showing. It was like, okay, well, you're going to take away the suspensions and all that, so we're going to start showing the sign again. And it was right away. And this is the last time we had this year to show it. Last item of note for the crew. We're reaching the one-year anniversary of the crew being saved. So thank you again to all those who worked tirelessly to help save this team. I Absolutely. I am not putting myself anywhere close to those ranks. I did as much as you could probably do on Twitter. I didn't do very much. I couldn't go to events, you know, the, the wife and all the kids and all that stuff. But all the people who made it possible, thank you so much. And next week, Thursday... We not we. I was gonna say we. I'm sorry, Brian. You have a dentist appointment, but uh, we got the groundbreaking ceremony, which should be not just a groundbreaking ceremony, but also a celebration of all that has all that has happened over the last year and saving the team. I'm hoping we can get to a day where we no longer have to we don't have to talk about saving the crew. And they'll have to talk about that we did it. Now we can just enjoy the team. They had the stadium renderings we talked about last week. Everything yeah. seems pretty. Everything's on the up and up. Things are looking good, man. Things are looking good. There's also another thing that is looking... I wouldn't say good. It's still kind of a cluster. The 2020 campaign for president of the United States of America. And gosh darn it, a tweet was sent out today. Right now it's got 11,000 hearts. About wow. twenty. Yeah, 2,500 retweets, which from a guy who has like a 1,000 followers, it's kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere, but this is a great tweet. He he brought up a picture of the debate that's coming up. There's an advertisement that he saw, and he joked that the presidential candidates are lined up in a 4-3-3. Boom. <laughs> this tweet has caught on in the soccer community because soccer fans are known to be a little political. But I'm going to give you the lineup. I'm going to give you... It doesn't have all 11. It doesn't have a goalkeeper, but I'll share my thoughts on that. In the back, we've got Joe Biden and Julian Castro running down the flanks. Those are our fullbacks. Cory Booker, who is probably the best choice for a center back. I'll just take a second to get on a soapbox. The guy played collegiate athletics. He was a tight end at Stanford. He played in a bowl game, actually, for Stanford. He, I think he had a touchdown in that game. Corey Booker, he's an athlete. He's somebody you want to really hold down the back line. He wants somebody to hold down the defense. And that is New Jersey Senator Corey Booker. Um, Pete Buttigieg. 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 Mayor Pete. We'll call him Mayor, Mayor Pete. <laughs> Mayor Pete. He's the, he's the other center back alongside Corey. In the middle, our midfield, we've got... Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, and Beto O'Rourke. And then attacking three. If you want to say um, Bobby, Moe, and, and, and Sadio, you've got Bernie, Elizabeth, and Andrew Yang. 
And you know Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders are all about that distribution. Distributing just, that out. They're distributing other people's money, man. Socialism. Come on, <laughs> Thomas. Socially. Get with the time. I saw this oh, 10, and I thought, okay, they didn't have an 11. What was your thought for goalkeeper? I'll share mine. Who Who is missing from this that you would put as the goalkeeper for the Democratic race in 2020? So uh, I originally had an I, I originally had one, and then I'm going to rip off somebody's tweet, and I, and I don't remember who it was, but someone said that Which is uh, a trend. Yes, I, I tend to do that. Um, someone suggested that Marion Williamson be the goalkeeper, be, but she's like that type of goalkeeper that is known for like uh, doing crazy stuff all of a sudden and. Uh, yell stuff at all everybody else on the team that they don't listen to and just super erratic and kind of all over the place. And I thought that was very fitting. I also suggested her for team medic with her healing crystals to help our match, <laughs> help our match fitness. Oh yeah, for sure, man, for sure. That's a great one. I, I thought because, okay, the goalkeeper plays by different rules. They wear a different kit. They use gloves. They can touch they can touch the ball, they can distribute, but they can throw the ball out of the goalkeeping area. They have a lot of rules. They can kind of do damage that other players cannot do. They have special special rights, and they're the back line. They're the last line of defense, right? Whenever it comes down to it, you want them to, like you said, communicate with the field. You want them to hold it down. If anything gets past these people, you want that goalkeeper to back you up and strengthen you. There's only one choice for goalkeeper, and that's Barack Obama. Barack Obama has to be the goalkeeper. I like it. He's playing by different rules. He's the back line. Once it comes down to it, if there's a one-on-one fight, if Donald Trump gets past your, gets past your midfield, gets mat- past most of your defenders, and it's just him versus one defender and your goalkeeper, you want Barack Obama backing up your, your guy or your girl. I you like want, it. You want Barack back there because what's going to happen? Barack's not getting in the race right now. He's not even coming out for Joe Biden right now. But once it gets down to brass tacks, once it's one on one, mano e mano, or womano e mano. Womano. Thank you. Womano e mano. Because Elizabeth Warren's leading in Iowa right now, Thomas. So womano. Cory Booker's playing the long game, okay? He's playing the long game. He's grassroots, okay? Very Doesn't long. take any money from PACs. He just had his best quarter yet. Don't count him out. Hey, but Brock is Brock is the goalkeeper. Now we had some thoughts on the on the eleven of how you would line him up. I would put Joe Biden. I would switch Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke. I don't think Joe Biden. You don't want him as a fullback. He doesn't got the speed anymore. Beto O'Rourke's gonna he's gonna play well opposite Castro in that fullback pairing, um, running like up and down the field. You need to put Joe Biden as a defensive midfielder. Somebody who just kind of floats in the middle. You might bring him back as a, a three-back line. You might have a three-center-back set, kind of a la uh, Will Trap during the Greg Berhalter years. They kind of moved him back in the back three. I don't like I don't like Joe as a fullback. I think his, his lack of speed is going to hurt. Uh, Kamala Harris, she's an attacking midfielder. She's going right at it. Oh, she's yeah. going to attack you. You watch these debates. She's not holding back. She's going right after Trump. She's like, forget you schmucks. I'm coming for you, Trump. It's me versus you. She's launching balls from outside of, uh, you know, outside the box. Just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's just taking shots, taking shots. Amy Klobuchar, she's the one who's probably going to get a red card. Oh, yeah. She's out of the match. She's taking out ankles. She is. uh, She's also like berating the ref, (laughs) you know, on the on the way out. She might. uh... She might eat a salad with a comb, uh, you know, while she's standing on the sideline. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! The tacking three, though, I think Elizabeth Warren as your striker is what you need. I think at the end of the day, the goal is winning the election, and I think she, um, I think she's got a strong chance. I mean, you you shared an article earlier today on your Twitter on your Twitter profile where Mark Zuckerberg is in a, in a meeting with Facebook employees, somebody recorded it and they got the transcript. He called Elizabeth Warren out. Well, the, to be fair, the question did include Elizabeth Warren's name in it, but he did call out Elizabeth Warren because she's trying to break up these huge conglomerate type 
um, tech companies and trying to break up some monopolies of different areas. So you already have these rich people gunning for her. And I think she's she doesn't seem like somebody who's going to back down from a fight. She's not. She's uh, she is the opposite of afraid, which is one of the things I love about her. And what a ringing endorsement! Could you think of a better uh, endorsement than that and to Mark say Zuckerberg that Zuckerberg not liking you? The, to say that if you know, I I, I could think of you know, uh, ISIS really hates Elizabeth Warren. That you know that might be worse, but. <laughs> Um, you know, Donald Trump really hates Elizabeth Warren. Okay, you know that's a, that's a hell of an endorsement, but it's a uh, view, yeah. To get uh Mark Zuckerberg and oh no, she's gonna make us you know play by some rules and you know behave a little bit. Oh God, no, the humanity can't do that. I'm all for the Warren Booker 2020 ticket. I'm into that. I dig it. You need that center back. He's like Virgil van Dyke back there. All right. Let's move into some... I talk about poetry in motion. I bring up Liverpool and how they're amazing and how all that stuff is so great about them. And Virgil van Dyke, um, he got screwed out of the Best Player Award. But let's go into a little bit... Something not poetry. Tweets. Presidential tweets. Namely, the ones that we've seen in the last... uh, 48 hours if you didn't know over the last week they came out and they started the impeachment inquiries Uh, donald trump and the white house sent their talking points out to everybody democrat and republican alike maybe on accident they tried to recall the message but it's like crap it's already been read i can't recall the message anymore uh but now over the last few days usually trump will go into a tweet storm because he's trying to cover up something worse that he's doing like he'll call out a journalist for saying something about him about a, a random topic maybe about his past or about how much money he's spending going out golfing but then at the same time he's also trying to rip people away from their um, their kids at the border and he's trying to distract you from something else that's going on i think right now he is all in on the impeachment craziness oh yeah no that's it it he's he's broken I mean, it's it is finally uh, it's finally broken him. He's his brain is basically just mush at this point. He is all in on this, you know, witch hunt, presidential harassment, attempted coup, whatever you want to call it. Kind of like yes, earlier today, whenever you tweeted at seven to two and you just started manically laughing. Yes, I feel like that's the same thing happening right now. Yesterday. This is one of my favorites. He sent out a a pollster. We'll <laughs> we'll say in in air quotes pollster uh, about if they agree with impeachment or if they do not agree with impeachment. And um, gosh darn it, ninety seven percent of people, I should say ninety seven point eight three percent, agreed that they should not go for impeachment, and only two point one seven percent. Of people thought that they should go for impeachment and this totally non-biased really down the middle if you're talking about conservativity this is the company you think about but breitbart breitbart said 97 percent of their supporters did not think that they should go for it were you shocked at that result i i'm honestly shocked that it wasn't 100 <laughs> who are those who are those 2.17 people uh, percent of people of Breitbart listeners. I think listeners. they're LAPD recruits. I think yeah. they're LAPD recruits. Yeah. What What are those people doing on Breitbart? Is this what I, are they just? It, was it just somebody who like accidentally clicked on Breitbart and was like, "Oh, hey, look a poll. Let me take it." Like, but it, it's it's insanity. It's insanity, and people are taking it. And like any Trump tweet that they do, people roll with it. One of the tweets you told me about earlier today, you said. That somebody mentioned something like, oh, ESPN employees were polled, and they asked him, do they like sports? And I thought, man, that was a really funny tweet, because I sent it. I was the one who sent it, Brian. <laughs> I was the one who sent it. And you were like, I-, I told you once you said that, I was the one who tweeted it. And you were like, oh, like you didn't even know it was me. You know, I read a lot of quality tweets. Thomas, um, and you weren't expecting mine to fall into that. I, no, I just forget all the great sources of the 
quality tweets that I read. Yours are yours are very quality. Don't get me mm. wrong. Stop it. You're pandering. Keep it going. I'm, I'm good. I'm good at pandering. It's, <laughs> it's one of the few things I'm good at. Oh, man, it's not just that one, but uh, he's sharing videos that people make for him, videos and support. He's sharing the, the electoral college map. Impeach the map this. That sh- yeah, impeach this. It shows all these different red counties. Although I think the um, if you look at the popular vote, that tells a different story. I'm just... I'm not tired of it. I think it's interesting. I told you last week, though, and I still stand by this, and there was a good-ish. Um, not really great. It was a good SNL sketch this weekend. It just came back, which it, the perfect time for SNL to come back is <laughs> during all this political stuff going on. But they had um, a, a round table, and there were all these people like, oh, I really think it's going to happen now. I really think you know the Republicans are going to have a change of heart. And then Kenan Thompson played a guy who was like, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. I think this close to an election year, I don't think that he's going to – he's not going to be impeached out of office. There are enough Republicans unless there's some new new evidence that pops up out of nowhere. Or maybe Thomas. they investigate this extra stuff like they're going into bar right now. I think Giuliani, he's going to crack and then Trump's going to throw him onto the railroad tracks. Did, wait, did you just say Giuliani is going to crack? He's going to crack even more. Right Have now you, it's an egg that you open up the container – and you see that it's cracked, pretty soon it's going to be completely open and his innards are going to be everywhere. I think he, I, no, I think Giuliani's uh, at that scene from Ghostbusters where the eggs are flying out of the carton and cooking themselves on the counter at this point. I, I think he's, uh, I think he's lost his damn mind. That's what I think is going on with Rudy I think Giuliani. Giuliani, he's the key master and then uh, Trump is the gatekeeper. Ooh, that's well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I like Ghostbusters. Um, I, but I don't, I don't think anything's going to happen with it. And I'm not even sure that it's going to help the Democrats or it's going to hurt the Democrats. I, it's, it's too early. Like Cory Booker playing the long game. I think we have to keep, keep paying attention, keep watching it. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but gosh darn it, it's entertaining so far. If he keeps <laughs> blowing up his tweets like this, this is – I don't follow him. Actually, I, I, I just see enough of it from other people who do follow him and they copy and or not copy and paste because this is not a word document. They retweet him, quote, tweet him and stuff like that. And normally I'm very against it because I think that people who want the attention should not be given the attention. <laughs> so, don't feed the troll. Don't feed the troll. So that tweet that I sent out about ESPN employees, that was the first time. I have quote tweeted. I have quote tweeted Donald Trump, or the first time I've replied to Donald Trump. But you haven't even gotten to my favorite tweet, Thomas. What is it? So Trump, um, and I'm trying to locate the tweet now so I can read it exact. But the basic gist of the tweet is that if we impeach Trump, um, it's going to start another civil war, splitting the. <sighs> Splitting the country in half, brother against brother. Uh, dogs versus cats. It's, you know, Civil War II, electric boogaloo. It's it's coming. The war uh, is coming. A war that we're never going to recover from. I think were his words. I, you know, what I want to know is have his bone spurs healed up enough for him to participate in this war? Ooh, that's a very good question. You know he's not going to fight in it. He's a dignitary. Dignitaries don't fight. Abraham Lincoln wasn't out there with a musket. Ulysses S. Grant was. Darn right he was. By gum. You mean former president Ulysses S. Grant. Former president who was not impeached. Ulysses S. Grant. Unlike Andrew Johnson, his predecessor who was. We're getting really deep into the American history. Another thing, this will be the first time that an impeachment was attempted during the candidate's first term in office. Boom. So that we'll see what that uh, we'll see what that does because that has done some bearing in the last ones with you know old Clinton in '99. Talk about Nixon back there in that their '70s. It's going to be an interesting time, and I'm 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 here for it. I'm here for it, and. Just like he says, no president has ever been treated worse than he has. 
Uh, you know, except for the ones that were shot and killed. No, like, yeah, not the ones that were shot and killed, and the ones who were attempted to be shot and killed. Yeah, you know, they tried to kill Reagan. Uh, you know, Kennedy got one riding in his car. Lincoln got one while trying to watch a play. I mean, but nah, Trump is Trump is definitely getting the worst oh, yeah. treatment of anybody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna um, move us into bad treatment into some even uh, more. Tr- bad treatment and we're going to move right into the lightning round boom i think it's time we've we've done five this is our fifth episode thank you so much for those who have listened to all five episodes if you've kind of picked and chose which episodes you listen to you might not know too much about us um i know my wife doesn't listen to this i don't have any loved ones who listen to this and that's okay with me so i think the people who do listen and brian and i definitely don't listen no no oh god no I couldn't do it. But those out here who, who might know us from, you know, crew tailgates or seeing our hilarious tweets online and then forgetting who sent them, or maybe just people, uh, acquaintances, probably mostly friends of Bryant's because um, I don't have any friends. You want to get to know a little bit more about us. You want to get to know who are these podcast hosts. And I think something, when we do this lightning round, we're actually going to start having guests on the show. Because we realize that you don't want to listen to us the whole time. You want to get some other people's voices, some other ideas in here. We're going to start doing this with the guest also. So we're going to do the same type of format. Not the same questions, but the same type of format. We're going to do a lightning round. In that, I'm actually going to put an actual sound effect in there, too. I think mine was better. We'll let the listeners decide. So we did a coin flip uh, backstage to determine who would go first. And Bryant, you were going to ask your questions to me first. Okay. On um, the lightning round. It's lightning because it is only going to be a 60-second um, sixty second question and answer session. So I'm going to have to have rapid-fire answers ready to go. Locked and loaded. I don't know the questions. Well, you gave me a list, but you didn't say which ones you were going to use. So you just gave an idea. Anyway, I don't know which specific questions you're going to ask me. But once you um, finish asking your first question, I will start the 60-second timer. And then once we're done, you'll learn a little bit more about me. And then I'll ask you different questions. So are you ready, Brian? I am. All right. Go ahead and ask your question. We'll start the lightning round. Here's an easy one. What's your favorite movie? Ghostbusters. Awesome. Most embarrassing injury. Oh, I think just being older. Uh, well, no, when I was seven, God, these aren't very quick answers. When I was 14, I was hanging on the bottom limb of a tree and I fell and I, I messed up my knee. Damn. Uh, one song, you know, all the words to. Bohemian Rhapsody. There it is. Um, what's your favorite piece of clothing that you own? Oh, I really like hats, but I would say um, hoodies. I have a hoodie that I really like. If you were frozen for 100 years, what would be your first question when you woke up? Where are my kids? What's your all-time best Halloween costume? My wife and I dressed up as Drew Carey and Mimi from the Drew Carey show. You can have one person, one famous person, alive or dead, that you could have dinner with. Who would it be? Jimi Hendrix. That was it. Lightning round. That was good. Those are good questions. Yeah. I appreciate you asking those questions. Um, Yeah, some of those were tough. I started with an answer on some of them, but then I had to go back. Wait, wait, I have a different answer now. Um, (laughs) That's the way my brain works. I just start talking, and I don't know what, how my sentence is going to end. It eventually finds an ending point, just like Michael Scott. I feel like I'm a little better than Michael Scott, but anyway. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get my list here going. Are you ready, Bryant, for the lightning I, round? I am. All right. What is your favorite movie? The Big Lebowski. What is the worst job you've had? I was I worked at Subway for one night. <laughs> what was the best job you've had? Podcast host. <gasps> Favorite athlete of all time, regardless of sport. 
Ooh. Lightning. Charlie Ward. Sport you wish you played professionally. Baseball. Favorite actor still living. Leonardo DiCaprio. Favorite actor who's dead. Alan Rickman. Favorite SNL cast member. Chris Farley. First movie you saw in theaters. Jurassic Park. Favorite hobby as a kid. Playing video games. Ooh, that was a hobby I liked too. That and, and baseball cards. Yes, baseball absolutely. Cards. Ooh, I loved a good video game and I love good I love a good baseball card. So that was fun. Did you enjoy that? I did. No, yeah, that was a lot of fun. The favorite athlete was impossibly hard. I, I would change that right now if I could, but Well what, no, just tell me, what is it? Uh, it would be work done. Work done, Tampa Bay. Oh, no. He was, yeah, he was in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and then he, he played was, with Atlanta yeah. at the end of his career, right? Former Florida State Seminole running back. Absolutely. And then I think he went in. Didn't he pay for some kids' houses or something like that? He's he's built houses. He has a charity. Yeah, he's built houses for, uh, I think, close to 100 families now. Um, most notably, he built uh, Deshaun Watson quarterback uh for the houston texas yeah that's what it was that's what it was i'm I'm disappointed that he didn't keep in touch with him and try and get him to florida state instead of clemson but that's you know that's a whole nother deal remember when i earlier today when we're talking about building houses remember when i thought that um uh jimmy carter jimmy carter had died (laughs) i was I was really upset for a minute there when you said that. I like frantically went to Google. I'm like, oh my God, is Jimmy Carter dead? No. I woke up this morning and, you know, I'm laying in bed. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to start getting ready for work. It's not because I don't like work. I just didn't want to get up. And I'm looking at my phone. It's like 530 in the morning. And I looked at a tweet and all I saw was Jimmy Carter's picture. And somebody said, Mr. President. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. Jimmy Carter died. But it turns out it was just his birthday. Thank goodness, because he's a treasure. 95 years old. Nine times. Plus five. Still out there building houses for people. I gotta love him. And remember when he got forced to get rid of his peanut farming business because it would be a conflict of interest having a business as president? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Those were the days. Those were the days. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us tonight on Bryant and Me. This was a fun, fun time. And it might not even be nighttime. You might be listening to this in the morning. You might be listening to this to the day. If you're listening to it in the morning, I hope you have a great day. I really do. Our podcast, we are everywhere. You can't get away from us. We're on Apple Podcasts. Boom. Google Podcasts. Boom. We're on Overcast, which is the app that I like to use the best. Boom. We're on Spotify. Boom. We've also added Stitcher. Boom. Look at that. Boom. We're on a big podcast community now. We also added into TuneIn is another podcast company that we've added to recently. So we're trying to get out there. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, go ahead and do that. Let your friends know. If you have somebody that you want to maybe share a somewhat okay podcast with, let them know. Maybe they'll enjoy it. Maybe they won't be your friends anymore because you made them listen to it. Send us a review. We got our first review, by the way, and we got five stars on Apple Podcasts with the great description of, it is a podcast. I mean, you can't can't argue with that. I mean, it's short. It's sweet. It's factual information. Spot on analysis. I mean, that's... Spot on analysis. Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, So... You can add your own reviews to that as well. If your site allows you to review podcasts, please do. We would appreciate it greatly. We do a song of the day. We've been doing it for, what, nine or ten days now? Yeah. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. And we're actually going to make it into a playlist that you can download on Apple and Spotify. So that'll be something. Something fun. But uh, thank you so much, everybody, for for listening we've enjoyed having you this evening if you have any ideas you want us to talk about in the podcast if you have any products you want us to plug let us know and we'll plug it for a nominal fee anything for the betterment of the group Bryant, before we call it a night 
Sure. Um, on social media, uh, check us out on Twitter. You can follow oh, us yeah. at, at Bryant and me, which apparently I don't know how to tweet. Um, you can follow me at Pickle Chips. The uh, eyes are ones. You can follow Thomas there at one Thomas Costello. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram now. We're at Bryant and me on Instagram, posting a lot of quality stuff. As Thomas mentioned, that uh, Twitter feed not only gives you hilarious content, information about our pod. Hilarious. You get the great song of the day. We're both very well versed. We have great taste in music. You'll love it. <clears throat> yes. Otherwise, hey, tweet us, like us, share mm-hmm. us, smash that subscribe button, do whatever you got to do. We appreciate you listening. Yeah. And- Everybody, you have a you have a great day. Bye con Dios. Adios muchachos. <laughs>